0: Welcome to Podcast 2187. Enjoy the show. And don't forget to submit your blaster for
1: inspection. Welcome to Podcast 2187, and this is going to be a a very interesting episode. I know you probably think that every time you start listening, but here we are. Um, And I say that because (laughs) last minute I'm suddenly having issues with my microphone, so I don't even know how this sounds right now, but hopefully it's not too bad. And we have Jared and Mark, and they're going to be fine. They're going to be normal. So we'll see what happens. But if I'm oddly quiet this time, it's because of microphone issues. But first things first, I want to see how Jared is doing. So how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing pretty good. I f- you feel like you sound like you have like the droid equivalent of a cold. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just like a, like, like your, uh, what are your speaker's a little stuffed up, whatever. Yeah,
1: I mean, I can assure you that's not the case, but, you know. Uh, i'm, you say, I'm working, you say that well I'm working off like <laughs> the microphone that's on my uh monitor next to the camera that little tiny dot that's what I'm working on so I'll do what I can but mark uh how are you doing followed by do you have anything you want to talk about tonight yo what's up Tim Tim hey
0: i went I wasn't sure whether to go really like excited or really like hey tim what's going on I think I, I think it chose the wrong one
1: no, I think he chose the right one. If he had done the other one, it really would have killed a lot of momentum we've obviously been building.
2: Yeah. What the heck oh. was that about, Tim? Feel like you threw my out of the bushes? or something?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No, I'm telling him he made the right decision. So
0: what right. do, we got, what do we, we got this week in news, Timothy?
1: Uh, I'm the last person who should be asking about that, because I have not really seen anything recently. As far as I know, there's nothing, but... I've really been out of it this week, so anything that you know of, go ahead, let me know. You explain it to me. Uh, I
0: I think the only thing that happened recently was the there's a, been another Resistance video. Uh,
2: like a trailer? Yeah, the one about the Aces. Introducing the...
0: Yeah, more behind the scenes uh, setting up, these are what the characters are like. And, and it gave us a little bit more information I think about what the series is going to be like. Because uh, now it's, it's set up that there's a group of people there who defend the base from attacks, and when they have free time, they also like to race each other. Does that make sense? So I think, they call, I think they're call—I think they called the Aces, or they call themselves the Aces, maybe?
2: Yeah, that's and, definitely uh, the video is introducing the Aces. And, and
0: the exciting thing was uh, uh, Steven Stanton's in it. He plays a, for me anyways, he plays an ex-Tie uh, Pilot an old TIE pilot and and, uh, the racer, obviously that's the guy who flies the souped up sort of uh, TIE fighter of some sort. I'm not sure what they're calling that TIE, but uh, he also wears a TIE party helmet with, I guess it's a skull on it. looks like a skull painted over it. It
2: does. It's kind of, I thought that was kind of cool. Like it looks pretty sweet. And it reminds me of Clone Wars stuff without looking like it's like super copying the clone troopers, you know? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was good. I, I thought... Although his sleeveless look makes him like look a little much to take for me. Because the one with the skull uh, painted on it is also sleeveless. <laughs> True. He is... looks like he's trying just a little hard. Is, like, is it half uh, as good uh, as
1: shirtless Darth Maul, though?
2: No, nothing does. Yeah, nothing it just does. doesn't work. And I feel like it, like even if he was sh- totally shirtless, it's like that would look even maybe weirder with the helmet. I don't know. Maybe it would no. work. Uh, hard, hard, not, hard, hard to say. Not in my world, it wouldn't. The only ever newsy type things, I mean, uh, I can think of a couple, but they're not, like, huge. I don't know. Well,
0: well, what are they? Maybe I didn't hear about them.
2: Um, Oh, just that today they announced that at New York City Comic Con, which is coming up, they'll reveal more details about the big Age of Star Wars series of miniseries with Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion, and Age of Resistance. We we got the announcement that those would exist, but I guess we're going to get more details on the plot, maybe, and... And information from the creators uh, coming up in the next couple weeks at, uh, at Comic Con in uh, New York City.
1: The one cool. time that I went there, they were like, "Hey, Lucasfilm's going to have a booth and or a pavilion," and then they took it down. <laughs> and they like Lucasfilm had nothing other than other cool people there.
2: Like, and this time cool- they announced cool stuff a week before that happens, or whatever. <laughs> well, like the,
1: the last time they were there was something I forget, and then this time they're there. The year before I was there, they had something.
2: Um. The closest gonna we had was, was Alan to, Tunick was there for it. a bunch of stuff. Let's see, and so they, then, yeah, other stuff is just people, actual sites reporting on news uh, or reporting on rumors as news, which is frustrating. And last week, did we have the picture uh, of Maul with his robot legs yet? I don't, I don't think know. we did. Yeah, so we got that. We got a cool, cool looking, high quality photo released ahead of the, uh, the digital release of Solo that was a picture of what a leg ro- robot leg mall looks like in 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 real life and not in a, a, a animated program and then like i just said on friday we got the uh the release for uh the digital on solo so people got that as well
0: when when does uh when does solo come out on blu ray
2: is it tomorrow
0: no tomorrow is something equally good dare i say at times better but I don't want to feel. I don't want people to yell at me.
1: And what is it? Hey, hey,
2: hey, hey. I will not let yell at you. I'm positive. <laughs> Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. I haven't seen it yet, so I could not say. Ah, it's dinosaurs. I
1: love it. I, I really, honestly, I was prepared to yell at you, no matter what it was. Um, I'm not going to just because it's it is Jurassic Park, but that's right. It's not better than. Well, I mean, I'd say it's a it's equivalent.
0: At times, it's better because I'm watching it. And then when I watch <laughs> Solo, Solo's better. They're, they're both just fun summer movies for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I think I've only seen Solo once, and I've only seen you know, Jurassic World once. Uh, so I, I, I'm really excited to watch both again. Uh, and, and still, you know, you, you're talking about that picture of Mall. I still can't believe we got that. In, you know, in live action, we got Ray Park playing Mall with robot legs, voiced by Sam Witwer. It's like, what?
1: It's a bit of what? a risk. I'm glad they took it.
0: It's not just a risk, but it's like, it
2: really is fan service in a way. But it's like, thank you. What? I don't. I didn't even know I wanted it. It's interesting reading the responses because I tweeted out about how, just in my own experience, going like it was all of us who attended, we thought it was cool. Everyone we saw it with, and then. Right after I parted ways with you and I went back to the uh, making Star Wars compound, where up until it's not, recently. It's,
0: it's a dojo now.
2: What's still just because uh, Corey's gone or? No,
0: oh, I don't know. <laughs> dojo came in my head.
2: I like that, too. I was going to say, like, like even though they've lost uh, one member of their uh, their <laughs> cult-like uh, living space with a ton of people there uh, since Corey's now left it's, for college. It's a commune now. Yeah, we still do have uh, Randy and, and uh, Jason and Amanda in close proximity, but, but after I went there to record their reaction episode with them and uh, our friend uh, downtown Brittany Brown from uh, the Canto Bite podcast, she uh, is Canto Brit on, on Twitter. She was on the phone with her sister, who's not super into it, because uh, you know her brother Rusty was there with us. He's the one who got us our Chili's uh, reservation. Uh, But their their other sister's not super into Star Wars. And I witnessed... One side, like the uh, the other side of her phone conversation where Britney's like laughing and like, oh no, no, it's in the sh- the cartoon. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, but hearing like, audibly like her sister yelling at her over the phone, just like she was so mad as someone who loved just the movies. She was like, what the hell is this? This makes no sense. Like, I can't be this age if this is before Phantom Menace. What's happening? Well, it was, it made no sense to her. And like, I know, I know that that's not like the, the massive reaction a lot of people got from other people who, who's, uh, friends or family went with them. I think Jesse mentioned his parents thought it was cool, you know, that they didn't really have any idea what was going on, but they thought it was cool. Or he had friends who he saw it with who weren't as familiar. And they also, like, even though they didn't get it, they weren't annoyed by it. So I know that there isn't a universal experience, but I do think that's interesting to think of the people who were familiar. Because I heard some people compare it to Thanos. It's like, well, no one knew who Thanos was when they revealed him. It's like, that's not the same thing as having previously seen Thanos been bisected and then just show up right. for no reason in right. a different time. Like, 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 that's not the same thing at all. Like, it's not really comparable. It, it For some people it is, if they had no idea who Maul is, but that's not everyone, you know? I really like, wonder Like, like though, was huge, was a huge movie. Like, one of the biggest movies of all time. <laughs> but I, I really wonder,
0: like, there is a decent amount of people out there that just don't even think about a timeline. They're just like, Star Wars, Oh, that's the guy from uh, that other movie. He got his legs cut off, and uh, he's uh, he's back, completely <laughs> agree. with robot legs, and and lightsaber, and enhanced Solo,
2: and and I, they just go on with their life. They don't they don't question it. You know what I mean? Well, I think you're I think you're absolutely right. I think that's a larger percentage than most hardcore Star Wars fans want to maybe admit to themselves. <laughs> well, when you
0: realize that most people, what was it? I think,
2: I, I, I can't remember what movie they were talking about, but
0: um, I think, I think it was Titanic, right? So the number one movie of all time uh, at this time, it was still the number one movie of all time, but they're saying that more people experienced it for the first time on a television than experienced it in a theater. And it's like, there really is a different group of people out there than us. You know, we, we think that, you know, uh, obviously, we're part of a Star Wars community, which is a subsection of a film community, but that film community still dwarfs and compared to the world. You know, it, it, people experience stuff just, you know, that they, they don't really care to experience it in a theater or they don't really care to experience it. They, they, they don't mind seeing it on their laptop, you know, or their little mobile phone for the first time.
2: Oh, that reminds me of like uh, whenever they talk about the Green Lantern film possibilities at DC. People bring up like, oh, well, this and this, Hal Jordan, and this and this. It's like no one is going to be able to ever compare the amount of viewership worldwide that Justice League got because of the era it came out in when cable was out. We didn't have all the streaming stuff we have now. Cable was huge, but not quite to the bursting point it got to before people started doing cord cutting. And every person in North America had access to it. you know. And it was it just if you look at the actual numbers for the ratings I and mean, you look at the international stuff and the fact that it's been in syndication off and on since it stopped airing, like, no one is ever going to get that kind of saturation for those characters. That's the stuff they should be using as source material. The movie should not have Cyborg as much as I love him. It should have Jon Stewart as Green Lantern for Justice League, and Hawk Woman, and all this other stuff, and Martian Manhunter. Just go with it. Just follow the blueprint for the most popular version. And, like, and it, it comes down to it. Now it's even... More different, like because you talked about you know the the Titanic and what was that, ninety eight or something? I think so, or ninety seven. I remember the announcement was when I was in eighth grade, but it came out when I think when I was in high school. I think, but uh, between that and then even Phantom Menace, and then just the era that Justice League Unlimited was on television, like all those are different eras than today, and today's streaming you know viewership. I think. You know Netflix. Even though I do think, you know, big screen stuff can work on side, uh, work alongside streaming just fine. Like, if it's not already at that point, Netflix numbers and and whatnot are gonna dominate, you know, uh, film viewership to an insane degree. You know, like. Well,
0: and he- and here's the other thing too. You know, we're talking about John Stewart, Green Lantern, and that. I, I would say that the vast majority of casual moviegoers or or you know tv watchers or whatever you want to call it are more f- is are they're more familiar with uh john stewart green lantern than they are with hal jordan
2: oh yeah at, th- at this point like and that's what i meant just because of that viewership of the cartoon yeah
0: it, they have you know, to it, you you can sit there and say well hal jordan is green lantern well he was he was and now he's kind of moved on to something
2: else and for 30 years he wasn't there was another Grinidad before him.
0: <laughs> well, and then you even had Guy Gardner. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are used to him. So it's just one of those we things had, to where... We had like 12 plus years that he was
2: dead in the comics.
0: Uh, right. and, and replaced. So, I mean... It- <laughs> well, and, and here's another thing. We're talking about Darth Maul and, and people confused by it. Did Was anybody really confused about uh, Deadpool uh, having already appeared in an in X-Men movie? You know Ryan Reynolds and and uh, he was Deadpool, wasn't he? In yeah, in no, and it was a original? totally
2: different version of him. But yes, it, it, they call him Deadpool. I think either either in the credits, if they don't call him that on the screen, there may be a reference to it. Right. And it's done awfully. I know that he was conflicted. I think he did interviews like long before they actually got the 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 ball rolling on the real Deadpool film, where he was just like talking about how it pained him because he wanted to have Deadpool on screen and, and wanted a chance to be him so much that he took the opportunity, even though it was like an awful version of Deadpool (laughs) and he thought it might be the only chance to get him on screen. And at the time it probably felt like it was, nobody thought there'd be two very successful, critically acclaimed Deadpool films. Yeah. And and those movies even like you bring up Deadpool, not just from the previous version of that, but from the X-Men movies they interact with, it's its own thing. And it doesn't, and even though they have some of the same actors crossover, it's not meant to be a shared universe. it's meant to be its own thing and it's kind of standalone jokey thing, you know they tr- they, in the tr- present day they see X-Men from a- X-Men Dark Phoenix that are supposed to be the X-Men in like 1989 or right, right. <laughs> So it's kind of a like they don't even bother trying to explain that like you said, timeline wise because they don't care they're not because well, he's that's already not breaking that
0: you know he's already breaking the fourth wall uh i think it's is it fourth wall did yeah. i did i okay so he's so he's already breaking the fourth wall when he's talking when he's talking to the audience and it's wink wink you know this and that so so it's it, you know you can't really count that i, I guess deadpool can have its own timeline and canon but as far as it trying to reference anything logistically good lord
2: yeah, and I think they don't even really care about their own timeline and canon as much because they are so lighthearted. You know, like, as long as it's consistent and makes sense in within each story, it doesn't? I don't think they'll even mind if they have to change something. It is Deadpool, uh, Ryan Reynolds, and I think he might in one of the in cutscenes. I think I don't know. he definitely goes back and kills the other version of Deadpool from. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I saw that part. So I think yeah, and
0: and I guess. You know, bringing it back around, you know, the average moviegoer just—they're uh, oblivious. I don't know. I, I don't want to sound elitist because I don't mean it that way.
2: Well, I I just they're just not invested in it the same way. Yeah. Like, even if they recognize him, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to have the same meaning. They might not remember, but he did get cut in half. Even if they remember that they know him, they're like, "Oh, that's a Star Wars bad guy. Cool." You know, it's and it which is fine. Like, like, like it's just interesting to think how much we enjoyed it even though for some people i think they did find it frustrating and for others it was probably just like whatever (laughs) like it it doesn't feel like there is just one uh reaction you know right and i think feel like a lot of that is maybe where like fans whether or not they liked it or disliked it like that's where there's some disconnect on solo because still like the way I see it talked about, I know a lot of it's just people being supportive, which is cool. But there is, it feels like there's a disconnect between reality where people act like it's unquestionably great because they enjoyed it, whereas like this is the this is the one that was plagued with both uh, financial and like I think just it, it couldn't have had the same word of mouth that other Star Wars movies have had, uh, if, uh, or it would have done better. You know what I mean? Like, but, I don't see, know see,
0: sometimes sometimes I think the same thing about the Last Jedi, that because of all the hate piled upon it, some people unconsciously maybe love it more to kind of counteract that. And I'm not saying that like they don't like it, but they just say they love it. I'm just saying that it, it feels like-
2: They push that love more maybe like to the forefront or make it more public or whatever. Not, right. not There's nothing dishonest about it, but it's defensiveness right. of what you like. Whether or not, I, I, I do get that. Like, like it's, a, it's a bit of a reaction to the negativity, and with solo even more than vocal negativity, even though there is the stupid hate campaign, I do know for a lot of our uh, friends and and listeners and just people we know, like it is. I think it is undeniably like it's a reaction to it being to it, the fact that it's not going to get a sequel. You know, like but you want it to, which is okay. Yeah, I keep, like I keep seeing that. that. Like when are we going to get a sequel announced? It's like we're not. It's like guys. And, and, then, and I hate, like, the, well, you know, Marvel did this and that. It's like, guys, this did worse proportionally than Ant-Man. Again, than the first Ant-Man. It's like, we can't... <laughs> like, I could, I could see them
0: doing, okay, we're going to do a Boba Fett movie, and it has these characters in it. I could see that. Uh, but I think, other than that, the likelihood of us getting a Lando film is done. I think the likelihood of us getting a, a Han Solo film is done. Uh, and I think the likelihood of us getting a Boba Fett film, honestly, is
2: done. But At least I think for the time being, you know? yeah,
0: or or possibly even, you know, uh, I could see the Disney streaming service doing something with these characters in this timeline, and I think that would be great. And I think people honestly, would love yeah. it. Uh, you, you know, but I mean, ultimately, I think this on the big screen's over.
2: And I would not be, I would not doubt with. The way everything is, if if it's be shocked if in the writing for those people who all did their contracts for solo by that time, that they were that, that it does not differentiate between streaming and film. I don't like, think it does. I think that they can put them in whatever they want them in, and it'll be a heavy penalty for them to quit. I, like I honestly think that, <laughs> and uh, and hopefully hopefully they take advantage of that opportunity if it's true. Um, no, I think that's a good point. It just reminds me of like. Think about it this way. People who want a Han Solo sequel, the Hulk, the character of the Hulk, his history, a film before Marvel tried to make one, uh, a very successful TV show in its heyday and public knowledge and awareness like nobody would believe. And we are never in our lifetimes going to see another Hulk movie. And it is not entirely because of, unless they change ownership, but it's not entirely because of ownership. It is easier for Marvel to work to have a Hulk movie made and released with their ownership and the way they control it than it was, was to make Spider-Man Homecoming, and then it will be to make Spider-Man Far From Home. And yet they're making those movies. And they're doing it because they have a desire to, because Spider-Man movies make tons and tons of money. But the last Hulk movie did so poorly, there's no justification to work that deal out for them, even though it's an easier deal for them to make because they have more control. And I think that that's a similar situation to Solo. They have no one to make a deal with with Solo. They can make as many as they want, but there's just not the financial incentive there right now. Even though everybody loves the character still, even though there's a desire to see more from the character. And maybe it'll get back to the point where like they did a sneak around and put Hulk in Thor because it's easier, because they didn't have to make any deal and they love using the character. And maybe we'll get Alden Ehrenreich in a different movie in a couple of years. Or like you say on the streaming service, and the streaming service can boost it back up and create a desire for it again and change things. Like, like again, we could get another sequel down the line, but just I feel like we can't. Just because it's Star Wars, like you can't. Oh, I saw something today. It's like, well, if, if a movie makes this much, it's a flop. It's not a flop. It just didn't make its money back in America, and that's a big deal. It's stupid, but it's the way they. It's the way the analysts look at things, and they have to. Appeal to uh, a board of directors, they have to appeal to investors, they have to justify all this stuff. And these are millions and millions of dollars for these movies. They're not frivolous amounts of money, even though they are frivolous things. And it's, there's none of, none of them are guarantees just because we want them. I really wanted a John Carter sequel. It's never going to happen. Oh, me too. <laughs> hey, but but you, know you, you and me and like very yeah. few other, other people. people. Yeah. Who is it? Uh, and, Stan, and, Stan. and
0: now, Andrew. Andrew Stanton is directing uh, uh, Better Call Saul, uh, I, and, and it was great. Which is cool,
2: but at the same time, he should be directing a Star Wars movie, <laughs> and have, should have already made more John Carter movies. <laughs> but see, I, I saw somebody
0: say that, and, and I truly believe it, that that there's going to be a lot of people now who are going to see Solo for the first time on home video, and they're going to wish they had seen this film in the theaters. And I've got, I've got a buddy that I work with who who's a big movie fan. He watches movies all the time. He loves movies. He likes Star Wars. Um, you know, he, he plays Star Wars Car Trader. Uh, and so they're releasing these images from Solo, you know, a little bit more than the trailer stuff. And he's like, when's Solo coming out? I go, why? He goes, because I want to know what all these images are. That, that looks cool. He shows me a picture of the, I guess so, what is it? Um i forget the names of it but it's the the stormtroopers that are on top of the of the conveyance or whatever the the train that are shooting Mm -hmm. they they got you know they're in snow gear with with all the fur and all that he goes those guys are cool i want to know what that what that is i said well it should be out in a couple weeks i think you know i'm I'm probably gonna buy it i'll you can have my digital copy or whatever he's like oh okay cool cool it's like this guy has, has seen every star Wars movie in the theater and didn't see solo I have another guy I work with who's seen every Star Wars film in the theater and didn't see Solo. And it's a fair amount of people. And it's not that they didn't want to see it. There was just other things going on. There was they saw Avengers in the theater. They saw Deadpool in the theater. They just didn't see Solo. And it was just I think it was just a bad placement for a film that people didn't feel the need to go out and see. But, you know, you're going to get people watching it. You know, you're going to get people watching it on home video. You're going to get people watching it on whatever streaming service that there is. And I, and I think much like Clone Wars is, is making a resurface, has to be because of Netflix. Because of the numbers that Netflix is given, they see that there's an audience for more Clone Wars. I think that they'll see that there's an audience for more solo, probably you know, streaming TV or whatever, because of the numbers that they're going to see for people watching the movie.
2: I think you're absolutely right, and it it reminds me uh, of Young Justice, which yes. Greg Greg Weisman, who worked on the first season of Rebels, and is the you know executive producer of Young Justice, because of his the same thing that made Rebels I think probably even beyond the first season because the way he is like I think as strong as it was to start with, and I think the same thing that makes him the creator he is because he is uh, like myself and many uh, out there uh, has OCD and the way he. Plans his stories relates to that stuff, and like he has all these like note cards. He has hundreds and hundreds of note cards put on a wall, like to visually represent t- character timelines, overall timelines, interrelationships, and interconnectedness. It's like a giant flowchart that he makes for himself on the wall of every one of these writers' rooms. And very similarly, he's very open about his process, like because I think he has to be for whatever reason. And he openly credits like the Netflix campaigns are the entire reason Young Justice came back. There is no question about it. It is the people who watched it, the ratings they got and the online talking about it is what brought it back. And I'm positive that you're right, that Clone Wars is the same exact thing. It's online campaigns plus uh, viewership. And the viewership is what's most important. Like I'm not, like it, a billion people could, could say the same thing over and over again, or, or the same 30 people could say it with a bunch of bots. Either way what really matters is their viewership because that's what proves them it's worthwhile. But it's still uh, it's still pretty cool to see that we are able to make that change and it does grow, I think, kind of naturally, you know, because nobody nobody makes those people watch that stuff. Like, it's, it, it just means to be, it speaks to people and people like it. And I think you're probably right that Solo is going to find more of an audience uh, online than it had in the theaters, clearly, because it didn't have much of an audience in the, in the theaters and it's going to get views on the streaming service for sure. Yeah, because in the in the old
0: days, in the old days, it was home video. Obviously, you know the the first uh, first blood was a flop in the theaters as far as box office, you know. Uh, but back in the old days, um, they counted rentals. There was a it's antiquated, but basically, movie stu- studios got a percentage of how many times a videotape was rented. Um, so they could see that you know they. They got a great deal of profit from First Blood when it was on home video. Uh, people were constantly checking out, checking it out, and constantly uh, uh, watching it. And that money would go back slowly to to the uh, movie studios. And the movie studios looked at it and said, "Well, boy, people are loving uh, the character of John Rambo, so let's make a sequel." And they made a sequel strictly because it did very well on home video back in the old days. And and it's the same thing now. It's just now they look at numbers of how many people watch it you know, on Netflix and uh, and stream it, and they realize that, you know, there is life outside of the theater for a lot of this stuff. And, and, you know, I, I don't think we've seen the last of, uh, of, uh, you know, Donald Glover or uh, or Alden Ehrenreich as these characters. I think it's just going to take a different form at some point. I don't think we've seen the last of uh, Ray Park as Maul either, to be honest.
2: Tim? No? Remember about Tim?
1: Tim's out of juice. Tim, sorry, Tim is still trying to figure this whole thing out
2: understandable i didn't know if you had any, had any uh, we hadn't heard from you in a while
1: yeah no i mean honestly i have been listening and i don't have anything to contribute because you guys have pretty much got it as far as i'm concerned okay tim good job i know right this is why i get paid the big bucks
0: yes for Anything else you want to talk about tim what's that anything else you want to talk about tim
1: well, I mean, I know you already kind of went over resistance, but is that did you cover everything you wanted to get to?
0: No, no, no. Because uh, I started thinking about resistance today, um, it, you know, and I don't even know how to approach this this line of thought. Uh, but I wanted Self to self-flagellation. Speaking of speaking of you torturing yourself. <laughs> no, no, it, it it was just I started think I started thinking about it, and then I started to watch. You know, I wa- I, I started to watch the uh, sort of behind the scenes. You know. I guess it's electronic press kit type stuff to where it's obviously made to pump you up for, for it. And then I see, you know, next to it, when it's suggesting videos, it wants me to watch something from, who is it, John Campia, is that his name? I believe um, it is. Him talking about why the reaction to, uh, why the negative reaction to to the trailer or whatever. So I'm like, negative reaction. Oh yeah, some people don't like it. So let me see what people are saying. And I guess the idea is that, you know, his thought is people should have said that it's for kids. Disney should have warned us that it's for kids. And I don't know. I don't really care about any of that. You know, and then I moved on to, God forbid, I watched uh, pretty much 75% of, uh, uh, was it Geeks and Gamers? Gamers and Geeks or whatever? Uh, I don't know. Horrible. Either way, I think it's that guy D-Day Cobra. It was absolutely miserable. I can't believe 77,000 people watched this. Uh, to where he's uh, just commenting on, basically, he's uh, just loving the fact that a lot of people downvoted. I don't know much about YouTube, but I guess it's called downvoting a video where you don't like it. And he was reading the comments, and that was his seven-minute video, just ha-ha-ha, just excited about, you know, uh, people not liking it, and Disney is dropping the ball with Star Wars and Social Justice Warriors. This and you know whatever the hell. Uh, so ultimately, I, I guess my I guess my thought is is that we really really need resistance right now, and animation is probably the place to do it because there's not much. Um, there's not much riding on its success or failure. But I think if we're to grow Star Wars as a brand or as an idea or as a, as a universe, it has to be something so out of line with what you expect for it to continue. You know, you, you look at people saying it didn't feel like Star Wars. It, it, it doesn't seem like it's Star Wars Resistance. And I, I think that's a great idea. Because if everything has lightsabers and everything has Jedi and all that, then, then the world that Star Wars is ex- high then the world that star wars exists in can never expand outside of that small group. You know, uh, it makes me think again of of you know the marvel the marvel expanded universe or whatever the the movies the, the cinematic universe, excuse me. I remember when Thor first came out and they really wanted to ground it on science and ground it on what can really happen and and make it to where you know this is believable that maybe they're space aliens and not gods and you know they wanted to prepare people and try and get the idea of thor out there and so you see that and then you see infinity war where it's a it's a freaking giant you know alien uh with multiple stones that control time and thought and you know, there's there's Thor who's cracking jokes, and 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 a raccoon in a tree, and a Black Panther, and all these things. Were you know, there's a guy who does magic, and everything works really well together. But that's not how they started. But they had to expand what, you know, was acceptable or what was was you know the norm for that to be, for that idea to be bigger than what it is. So, I, you know, my point is is that. If, if you keep Star Wars as Jedi and lightsabers, then it's never going to grow outside of Jedi and lightsabers. And I might even get to the point that it's, it's old. You know, but, if, but if you expand you know, in other places like the Resistance, where this is just racing and, 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 a, and a group of teens or whatever that are, that are souping up their ships to fly and protect or whatever, and it may not feel like Star Wars, but it exists in the Star Wars universe, then I think Star Wars has a better chance of, of being with us for a long time when you expand the idea of Star Wars. Does that make
2: sense? Yeah, I think so. In fact, it relates a little bit to what I was talking about today with our friends uh, Colin and Ron, where we're talking about Marvel versus Star Wars a little bit and about about Solo and its performance and the amount of, of movies coming out every year for Marvel versus Star Wars and how uh, a lot of the stuff with Marvel, I think what prevents the idea of burnout, is that difference, you know, that difference in tone. Because... You know, Ant-Man, even though it has, even though the first Ant-Man, like if you look at a story outline of Ant-Man and Iron Man and Doctor Strange and those first movies for all of them and do word replace on a basic outline, it's the same story beats. Like they're super similar, but the films themselves don't feel that similar because the tone is different. Even though there's jokes in all of them, they don't feel the same. You know, I don't think anyone would describe Doctor Strange or the first Iron Man as comedies. But you would absolutely describe the first Ant Man as an action comedy, and I oh, think sure. that, and I think that even though they're super similar, and 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 there's very much a repeaty kind of vibe, like, compared to like procedural TV shows or sitcoms, where, kind of each episode feels like like they're going for the same same beats. And I think that's extremely true, even though not every sex sitcom feels the same, you know, uh, and, and and I think that more more so than being like. One episode of the same sitcom, it's the fact that, like, each Marvel movie feels like a, a Mork and Mindy in a happy days, in a weird way, where like it's the same people making them, even though they have a different vibe and scratch a different itch. If that makes any sense at all, I don't know. And, and so, because of that, these Marvel movies, even though we've had 19 of them in you know 10 years or whatever, like uh, at the same time, or 11 years, at the same time, that doesn't feel as much as the Star Wars movies, even though they've been coming out with less frequency because they're all so Star Wars-y because they do all have the exact same vibe because they do all feel like Star Wars. Because the only one that hasn't had lightsabers and whatnot yet is uh, the one that is still starring Han Solo, you know, and it still has a lightsaber for a right, second. Right. Right, like, right. Like, like, so, yeah. Really, Rogue One was the furthest we got from it, and they still have that immediately set up a new hope and end with Darth Vader and Leia.
0: <laughs> well, and, and it still had the Death Star, and it still had right. AT-ATs, and it still had Tarkin. And so it's still very much grounded
2: in the Star Wars that you know. Even you know, though Reb- it felt separate, it was still immensely connected, directly right. connected. and Rebels still had Jedi and rebels still
0: had lightsabers and Palpatine and Darth Maul and Obi Wan Kenobi and people that you saw in, in you know uh, um, in Clone Wars.
2: Oh, I said it several times throughout our you know talking about the series, but I stand by it now that it's done. Rebels is like Dave Filoni's uh, West End Games RPG module. You know, it's what it is. You look at the character types they set up, the stories they did, the way it interacts with the OT. It's a freaking, it's a fun RPG game. Uh, it's a way to play Star Wars, and I love it, but but that's super how it interacts with the saga, you know? Like, it's not even a criticism. It's just an observation. Like, be, you're absolutely right. Like, it's, even though it's its own story, it's contingent on everything we've seen before. Well, and
0: this and this one feels like, you know, Resistance feels like, I don't know what Captain Phasma has to do with it, you know? And I don't know how much Poe Dameron's actually in it. But it feels like they're kind of like, okay, I guess we can throw them in there, just to tangentially uh, tied into, you know, the Star Wars universe. But I honestly think it's a good idea for us to get stories like this, you know, for us to get things that are that are pretty far out of what you know we expect a Star Wars movie to be, because otherwise, again, how can it grow? How can you get? You know, the Doctor Strange or Ant-Man or Hell Thor Ragnarok uh, for the Star Wars universe. If you don't try somewhere to do something different and, you know, it's funny watching that watching that video, uh, the, the Geeks and Gamers one or whatever, where he's talking about how look, this is how many people love the Clone Wars trailer Okay? This is how many people love the Clone Wars firing. It's like, you know, I remember when the Clone Wars started showing its, its animation, and all the Star Wars fans hated it. And all of the Star Wars fans crapped on it. I mean, obviously not everybody. But there's a large chunk of longtime Star Wars fans that I knew on Mesh's boards who was like, this looks horrible. This looks horrible. It's going to be one of the worst things ever. And now suddenly what? You're holding up the Clone Wars as, you know, example of greatness? Dots change, times change, you know. Let's let it be. And, you know, if you don't like it, don't watch it. But for somebody somewhere, it's going to turn them on to Star Wars that has never watched it before. And then maybe it brings them into the larger world of Jedi's and, you know, the Force and all that. But uh, I think it's just interesting for us to get something different. And I don't think we're going to get, I don't think there's going to be that many seasons of this show, to be honest, just based on the timeline that that it's in. But you know, it's good that we have something that doesn't feel like Star Wars set in the Star Wars universe.
2: That's my thought. I agree. And to kids who are watching it today, not to adults who grew up on the original trilogy, but to kids who watch watch it today and light, loved Rogue One and maybe loved Solo and loved uh, Force Awakens and, and the Last Jedi, and are probably going to get more into Solo on on streaming, like you said, if they didn't see it already. To all these kids who this show is made for. Is it going to feel like not Star Wars, or is it going to do exactly what you're saying and still feel like Star Wars? Is it going to expand what they think of as Star Wars, just like the X-Wing novels did for the kids who read those and and read those comics? Because this has Poe Dameron and Phasma in it. This is not disconnected, even if it feels like it is, because, oh, I don't see any lightsabers. It's like they're they're flying X-Wings with Poe Dameron. This is Star Wars. This is Star Wars in 2018, so those guys can suck it. (laughs) It's, it's, It's
0: their Star Wars.
2: It is and it's not ours anymore it's all of ours because and that's what they a- need to get over and even when it was ours, it wasn't just it wasn't just straight white dudes <laughs> it was always everybody so these guys need to calm the calm down
0: <laughs> it really does seem to be one side. I don't know in you, you, you know me I identify I definitely I'm, I'm definitely more conservative, but I don't get it I don't get what these
2: no, and they wrap it up. Like they gonna have say. It up. I, don't,
0: I don't get what the problem is. I, no, they just, they, this group of people tends to be a very specific subset of, of, uh, of conservatives that I don't get. I don't get what the problem is. Especially with, especially with, uh, they constantly complain about, I don't know, they don't like, they don't like Ray. They don't, they don't like, they don't like Finn. I don't, I don't know. It's it's annoying. I, I think that's the one solid thing about the, about, you know, you could know, disagree with liking, the last Jedi Jedi or not but, but one of the solid things that JJ Abrams did was set up fantastic actors to play these characters. and you know Finn's a great character played uh, played by, played by uh, uh, John Boyega wonderfully. and same with you know Daisy Ridley playing Ray. I, I don't see what there is to complain about unless you're complaining that there's a black guy and there's a girl.
2: Well, and we know, know that there know were the is. vo- vocal reactions to both of them before sight unseen to for you know oh, Force sure. awakens i think that's the indicator that that's what the common denominator is because but everybody again,
0: talks about you know they, they talk about that oh you know Kathleen Kennedy threw away George Lucas's script it's like what George Lucas's script that had a female jedi learning from Luke who's in exile what part i'm i'm sorry what part got thrown away
2: also, George Lucas kept throwing away George Lucas's scripts. That's and, true. <laughs> like, like, everybody needs to calm down. Like George Lucas was going to use that script. Like I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> they, they need to. They need to read that Dark Horse comic to Star Wars. That's another to one. See that,
0: how differently things are.
2: Well, and that's another one that just came up, and uh, I just was thinking of again that I've mentioned in the past. But someone had brought up uh, the argument of uh, or a question of oh, uh, uh, the other. At the end of Empire, that's not- uh, yeah. the the, no, the best one. Luke, the best one was the one that you responded to with the Luke comment, which uh, is what kind of got my what uh, account. Uh, it was oh, it's so cool! I just rewatched Force Awakens and I figured out, or rewatch Empire, or whatever, and I figured out that uh, they're talking about not Leia but uh, but Kylo Ren. She's already pregnant with Kylo Ren. And she's already conceived. And like that doesn't we don't we know as super nerds that doesn't work with the timeline or whatever. But I was so incensed I just had to see if it was somebody trolling. So I searched a bunch of it and I found even without the person's username I found the account, and it was earnest, I think. Like the same person was like, should I watch Solo? I haven't watched this in a while. Like they weren't you. You looked at what they were talking about and it was it was someone who, who was like. Pretty interested in Star Wars, asking questions and responding reasonably. Like it wasn't somebody who had all the like preformed opinions, and it wasn't a troll or or a a, a protest vote. You know, watcher. Like it was someone who actually seemed to just be rather young and unfamiliar with large aspects of Star Wars. So they didn't know how
0: pregnancy works.
2: Right. Well, they just didn't know the timeline. You know, like they didn't know how much time was in between that and return. So they're like,
0: they're like the people who. uh... <laughs> the, the people who don't question necessarily Darth Maul
2: being. A- I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. It was a very similar, like, like this having no idea how long there there was between that. Like that, that was Amanda's first response after being like outraged. Was like that doesn't even fit the timeline. I said I felt compelled. Like that, I did respond with that, where I was like, like there's a year between uh, Empire and Return of the Jedi. So uh, no, <laughs> like since Kylo wasn't born yet. You're you're wrong. You're subjectively wrong, but that's okay. But uh, I don't know. It, it just got me thinking again about Nelleth, because another another friend, uh, my friend Emma, uh, who's uh, in Emphasis Nest on Twitter, she said, uh, you know, even if it wasn't meant to be Leia when it was written, by the time Return of a Jedi came out, it's Leia. <laughs> you know, and that's the truth. But, but, but like, I think that when it was written. It was uh, intended intended to be Nelleth, because according to the Lee Brackett outline, I think maybe before they even knew that, even before they decided that Anakin and Vader were the same person, they still had the idea that Luke was a twin and that his twin was raised by another Jedi in exile, that Nelleth was his twin sister, and that she was taught to be a Jedi. She went through her full training. And at the time... His rough, his rough outline for the, for the sequel trilogy for six through, through nine was—or uh, or seven through nine was—and six, since it wasn't written yet, was to have some version of Return of the Jedi and then have Luke training his own nephew, because Nelleth would have died off-screen, which is pretty bad as well. But it uh, would have had a nephew uh, of Luke's—she uh, would have had a son that was untrained and needed to be trained. So I'm glad that isn't what happened. And we we know for a fact that even though that was something that he and Lee, Bra- that the George Lucas and Lee Brackett had worked out in the late 70s, that by the time he had written his new outline, that people are complaining that they threw out, he'd replaced this nephew in Nellith because Nelleth had been replaced with Leia, and it wasn't him training you know Kylo, it was him training a new young Jedi, and it may have involved some version of Kylo or a son of of a uh, Leia and Hans, but we know for a fact that he changes his story, so like anyone complaining about that, that's just bonkers to me. <laughs> it's absolutely bonkers.
0: I thought it was supposed to be at one point, even uh,
2: they were suggesting that uh, Hannah and Luke were going to be related. And, and that's who it was. My God. I wouldn't even doubt that because everybody was on the list as potentially being related at some point while yeah, developing yeah. Boba Fett from the original storm uh, stormtrooper costume idea for like the elite, whatever commando trooper. Uh, they were like, hey, what if he and Darth Vader are brothers? This is, again, before Vader was Anakin, <laughs> and we're like, what if Darth Vader and, and, and Boba Fett are brothers? That was, like, what were they, cool helmet bros? <laughs> <laughs> like, that, was, that was the whole reason? Like, what was the reasoning there? You know, it's
0: funny, though, you, you look at Empire Strikes Back, and it's like, okay, they pretty much solidify that it's Leia anyways at the ending, especially when, you know, she can sense Luke, because it's not like, well, obviously, hands and carbonate, but He's not sensing Luke. That's I don't know. I, I I think I think, and here's a here's unpopular opinion time. Leia Brackett gets more credit than she deserves for uh, Empire oh, Lee Brackett? Back. Yeah, Lee Brackett. Sorry.
2: Hey, her biggest uh contribution to me is that she's given a lot of credit for developing Yoda. That like a lot of that was her idea. So I give her. I give she was rad- high, I, probably. Maybe I give her. I give her. She was. She was, on, she was stuff. on heavy medication because she was. Dying of cancer, I think. Okay, don't make me out to be a jerk right now. All right. Oh no, 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 <laughs> I, no! I was not meaning to do that or throw you under the bus. I meant that she could have been high from like pain meds from being like really sick at the time. Like, like that's I, really I not. Think, I think. ultimately. <laughs> impossible. I think,
0: I think ultimately, though, it, it was it was more, you know, because I remember reading a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that that she had come up with, and and it it feels like. The weight of her contribution is in respect to her body of work and because she died kind of no, you know, right. right around the time rather than what she
2: actually contributed to this film. Well, well if you think about – if you look at what she wrote, because we have access to her her drafts. I think there were two. And like it's like all stuff about – all the stuff that's in common or similar are the stuff about Yoda training Luke on Dagobah. And like, that's about it. Nothing else that she introduced is really used or developed, and and as I've mentioned, you know, that version of the story has the ghost, of Force ghost of Anakin, appear to Luke, but he is not Vader. Like specifically in the scene where I think there is a similar scene to his, uh, you know, cave is scene. Does somebody come out of the stars and fight? Yes. those? he goes into the cave, and instead of fighting another version of himself, it becomes the stars, and it's very similar to to when Ezra meets Yoda in the second season of Rebels. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's almost almost the same like visual where it's like and, and he is fighting with Vader in that star field instead of in the cave. And instead of you know him cutting off Vader's head and seeing himself, uh, Vader almost strikes him down like in this psychic battle. And then Anakin comes out and saves him. And Luke like escapes the cave while Anakin is like dueling Darth Vader. And they're not the same person. It's a different Mushrooms. <laughs> Mushrooms. <laughs> Mushrooms or maybe just like a lot of I, I, saw,
0: uh, I saw similar stuff when I was on mushrooms.
2: I was gonna say uh uh this again, no disrespect, but she uh could have been on what do you it? Damn it,
0: Jared. Can you stop? <laughs> can you stop? Just,
2: there's no painkillers, make you see stuff. That's all. Depends. Supposedly if you stay up. But uh Yeah, no. No, I knew you weren't. I, I did not mean to imply that you were being disrespectful to anyone. I like, no. hey, Lee Brackett did a, did a like you said her body work was huge. She and her husband, who was also a sci-fi author, they only can contri- they only uh, worked together once, and it's in one of the weirdest Batman stories ever, where Batman has to go. I think it's the Bat Manor, where there's like the Batman Castle, or some castle in Scotland. In Scotland, that he like is. Uh, Le- it's left to him because his name is Batman, <laughs> and there's like a, yeah. a, ghost and all sorts of crazy crap. It's just it's one of the wackiest uh, like, uh, golden age Batman stories you could possibly read. I highly recommend looking it up. Why don't why, what
0: what's what's uh, Bruce Wayne's house called? Wayne Manor. Why why don't they call it the Bat Manor?
2: They really should, right? Like it's well, so if, much funnier. <laughs> if it's like
0: Batarang and the Batmobile, why isn't it called? Batman-ers.
2: Like I'm, I'm legitimately disappointed that the people who worked on Batman 1966 who made like two seasons of that show and made a movie like simultaneously while they made the first season that those guys didn't catch that because they literally yeah. had bat repellent or, or, or aquatic bat repellent sprays like. Meanwhile,
0: Bat Manor.
2: Oh, my gosh. Also, uh, that's an <laughs> acceptable one, too. If we're not going to do the old mob voice. <laughs> then we should do uh, the Batman announcer voice for Snap Wexley. Snap Wexley. Yeah, that guy's great. That guy no, should do he, everything. I really do wish he and he was like the narrator for everything, and instead of like the movie movie voice like narrator we got, that it was that guy. Oh, uh, Well, what about swinging bachelor Bruce Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, I, I think I need to watch the Batman.
2: Oh yeah, that would be great. Everyone who hasn't seen the Batman uh, sixty six film, find it. It's I know it's streaming online, and it is one oh, yeah. of. And although maybe it's only on the DC. No, no, it can't be only on the DCU app because that's the weird one. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one that's like because it's it's uh, I think Fox and, and uh, Warner Brothers co-own it. And like, so it's like this stuff's released by like third parties from the early 2000s. And we're like, it's nobody's claiming on, it. <laughs> it's probably on Crackle. But I highly recommend everybody watch that. It is one of the funniest things anyone will ever see, like ever, it's, amazing. it's so amazing. And it has a moment where Batman is trying to get rid of a cartoon bomb and runs into <laughs> a group of nuns uh, a woman pushing a baby. I think a bunch of ducklings, yeah. and then a, and then the nuns again. <laughs> like he keeps running into the nuns, like they're they're like stalking him around the pier to stop him from being able to dispose of a bomb appropriately. And it's one of the best scenes in movie history. Like, <laughs> I just love too, but that was a feature film that, that like back then, like right. mo- like ABC got the rights to make a Batman TV show, and they're like. This is Batman, guys. Like, kids love this guy. We're going to make a movie while we do it. Like, they just don't do stuff like that anymore. Could you imagine the first season of a show having a movie come out that summer? Like, why don't we do that anymore? Take some chances, people.
1: One of the best visual effects ever is when they're walking up the side. Is it the UN? Yes. When they're, they're walking up the side of that, and it's so realistic. It's amazing <laughs> for its time.
2: No, uh, we're going to talk about dark tower uh mark yeah man I wish they would have done that so much especially after Castle Rock
0: can I just say real quick and and I'll have to rectify that somehow within the next couple of weeks I've never seen Batman 66. Ooh. I, I,
2: I think you'll like it I, and and uh, before we do in tonight'm sorry like winding down I think you should definitely watch it but yeah. uh it, it's uh, like
1: a senseless funny kind of thing
2: before for my birthday in the next two weeks, I would like anyone who's able to watch Batman 66 and uh, Ernest Goes oh, to Africa. Oh my God, a double feature! I'm Prime. I'm <laughs> gonna watch. I'm gonna watch those and rewatch Batman 66. And I I don't. I've seen a lot of the Ernest movies. I'm pretty sure I haven't seen Ernest Goes to Africa. I can apparently no one has. If, if I did, i
0: block that out. You know what? You know what's said about, and I think I talked talked about this before. What's said about Amazon Prime is that, you know, at least with Netflix, you assume everything on there is pretty decent quality as far as video. You get into Amazon Prime and you're like, "What the hell is this
2: VHS? This is horrible!" Like, oh yeah, was- I watched uh, I watched the Phantom on Hulu. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I do not recommend anyone watch uh, the Billy Zane version of the Phantom. there did you just take a, take your hit? I just. I choke, a little bit on basketball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, um... Well, Billy Zane was... Uh, Billy Zane's Phantom is pretty worst quality, but, like, the way the picture kind of shook when it first started out... This isn't a digital transfer, like, that I've seen in years. This is You know, weird.
0: That, 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 there's some Blu-rays like that, and it, and it bothers me. It, I forget what it's... Um, and, and, it's whatever the and test process it's, is, yeah, it, it's it's small titles like, like I have wax, like one of my favorite, like, two pleasures. Well, the hell with it. One of my favorite movies is Waxworks, and especially the sequel Waxworks too Lost in Time. And uh, when you watch the, when you watch Waxworks, it, it's on Blu-ray. It, it has that stutter to where you watch the you're watching the titles and and it's jumping and, and he was in a lot of spaghetti westerns. But one of the, the spaghetti web was in it's called My Name is Trinity and it's just horrible quality. Horrible quality. It's like pan and scan, VHS quality, but you stream it on Prime and it just, just I tend to think Ernest goes to
2: Africa will probably be that quality. <laughs> yeah no, no. It'll be the lowest possible. Yeah, they They just dumped it, you know. I can't imagine that they took like their real time and did, did the best job possible <laughs> to transfer Ernest Goes to Africa. And if they did, then I'm kind of disappointed in them I, for like wasting. I
0: have, the I have time. a feeling. I have a feeling if it was on Netflix, we'd get called out because it's like, shout out to the four people who watched Ernest Goes to Africa within the past four days. You know, it would be like, what the hell's going on here? Because probably nobody even watches that. And then suddenly it's just going to be like, sir. <laughs> <laughs> sir there's a problem a lot of people seem to be watching Ernest Goes to Africa no that's
2: uh, <laughs> that's for a little while uh I, I think I've talked to like, maybe once or twice on the podcast about the podcast uh, how did this get made which covers really awful movies and a lot of movies I think you would love Mark <laughs> but but uh they, when they did the movie Teen Witch and announced that it was gonna, but they were gonna do it, it joined Netflix like two days after they released the episode, saying that they were gonna cover it the next week. And so, like Netflix, ad- it seemed to be listening to them and like adding stuff on. And uh, I'd be so happy if I checked Netflix and it was like all the Ernest catalog was added for some reason. <laughs> Ernest Halloween. So
0: Ernest had Christmas. Ernest had Halloween. Ernest had,
2: yeah. you know, Ernest Ernest Halloween is one of the ones that was the biggest uh, name change because it wasn't Ernest does Halloween or goes Halloween or whatever. It was Ernest Colon. Scared, stupid. I remember that one. There were there were monsters. It it really pushed the Ernest canon because there were there was supernatural stuff. Is it is it safe to say
0: that Ernest is the white Medea? Uh yeah, or that, I or think, that Medea <laughs> is the black earnest.
2: One of the two. Uh, uh, I think a little bit, right? Because he dressed up as the lady. He dressed up as all these different yeah. characters. They both he, they both appeal to they both appeal to a certain
0: uh, uh, certain community of uh, movie watchers. Southerners. So I just yes, have to, <laughs> but 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 different southern yeah also true.
1: I just have to say though before we go, uh. I'm seeing
2: tim <laughs> off.
1: Yes, no, I'm seeing a review <laughs> on Amazon for Batman
2: sixty six. Oh, Furnace um, goes to Africa. And I was gonna be really impressed and surprised that you were doing that big of a deep dive. Furnace
0: goes to Medea.
2: <laughs> Tyler Perry to replace uh, Jim Barney is a new Ernest. That's my pitch. So-so <laughs> Justice
0: Warriors, damn it. Right,
2: oh, dude, people would be so
0: mad. And I would be so I'm mad. sorry, Tim, go ahead. <laughs> uh,
1: the, I was just going to say, it says that it's cornier than a field in Iowa. Uh, even oh back God. when this was made, it was ridiculous. Now it would make even the most ardent Batman fan question his loyalty.
2: Is that true, Jared? No. <laughs> um, I am the most ardent Batman fan. There you go. So uh, exactly hey, wrong.
0: Is, is it on Amazon Prime to stream?
2: Uh,
1: I don't know. Let me see. It was
2: it was in the Walmart dump-in forever. The seventies, somewhere. Um, yeah, the DVD was cheap um, when I got it.
0: In college. All right, I'm gonna have to look this up. I have to try and find it.
2: I it's don't. so funny, and like, and here's the thing: I remember. Growing up and watching it in reruns on syndication, it was when I first realized that religion might not be for me because, like, my mom was like, why aren't you ready yet? You need to get ready to go to church. Do you want to miss church? Or would you rather stay in your pajamas and watch this all day or whatever? And it was, like, Batman 66 and Green Hornet were one hour. And then the next hour was, like, Partridge Family and uh, Lost in Space. And then the next one was two episodes of The Monkees. And I was like, yes. Yes, I do want to miss oh. church. Oh, like you got Speak- monkeys, lost in space, uh Park family's okay, but, but who sings you know, Pleasant Valley family? Sunday? Ooh. Is that the monkeys? I think I think it is. Well, let me it just put like, it this sounds way. Sounds like uh I, Mickey Dolan's in
0: my head, right? I thought I was in Groundhog Day the other day because every time I walked in the back room at work, Pleasant Valley Sunday was on. And this was in the span of like two hours. I walked back there five times and it was on, and I was like, I don't get it who keeps listening to Pleasant Valley Sunday. This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And I kept thinking like, you know, the day was restarting because that's that's a song that you could see in a in a Groundhog Day type of movie. Every time you wake up and it's Pleasant Valley Sunday, you just want to shoot yourself.
2: No, I think that's a super good name and not just for not just a good uh, pick, but a good name for a Groundhog Day movie would be called cool. Pleasant Valley Sunday. Uh, it's by Jerry Goffin and Carol King. I believe the original version was sung by Carol King. It, but the most famous version is recorded by the monkeys in 1967. There you go. Uh, and yeah, so
0: there
2: you go. So
0: I, So who's your Batman more? Is it because I used to watch a lot of I used to watch a ton of Batman. Uh, you know, Adam West, Batman. I just never seen Batman 66, but for, for me, Batman is either Michael Keaton or Adam West.
2: I, I, I definitely I, I can see Adam West all the time. But I think in some ways, because the comic shapes me more of in the screen version, like for how I interpret Batman, I think I kind of hear Kevin Conroy, you
0: know? OK, like, but but see, yes, I get that. But I grew up with Super Friends. It wasn't it wasn't Adam West, the Batman for that.
2: I don't think he was oh, always. I think sometimes he was are we
0: doing all that.
2: No, he absolutely was. I think he was sometimes. I don't know that he was all the time. And I remember that similarly, I think sometimes Robin might have been Burt Ward, but then other times he was Casey Kasem.
0: Casey Kasem. Good God. I love that guy. Casey
2: Kasem. Casey Kasem, one of the most successful Arab-American performers ever. Nobody ever gave him any crap because he didn't pronounce his name Kasem. (laughs) All he did was pronounce it differently. He didn't even spell it differently. He just pronounced it Kasem. Because it rhymes better with Casey. No, and, and, and no, it does. It makes it sound like it's alliteration almost.
0: Casey Kasem sounds
2: stupid. Casey Kasem <laughs> sounds classic. This Casey Kasem. Well, I just like that he subverted like all sorts of racist stuff. and didn't even change his name. Like a lot of people will do that by changing their name. He's like, nope. <laughs> I'm just gonna change the way I say. It. I'm just changing where I emphasize stuff. <laughs> it's awesome because he didn't even change like the actual pronunciation, just how he emphasizes it, and that's awesome. You heard that bl- that blow up of him, right? Oh, I don't know that I ever have. Is there an audio of him blowing
0: up? There's an the audio of him where where he's com- coming out of a song, like he's coming out of a song or something, and he has to do a dedication to a dead dog, and he's like, "How am I supposed to do this dedication to a dead animal coming out of an upbeat effing song?" And he's just, <laughs> and he's just yelling. It's great. It's like oh, Casey, uh, gotta love
2: you. Oh, that's amazing. I kind of wanna- find it on YouTube.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna link you to it tonight.
2: I do love that guy. Speaking of 67, I was just thinking of, uh, what? I think it was 63 was the first Scooby-Doo or something. But I was just reflecting that Scooby-Doo was coming up. And Frank Welker, uh, uh, he voiced uh, Scooby and Fred Jones. And he voiced Fred Jones from the first one. And he still voices Fred Jones today. And it's been, like, so many years. Wait, wait. Megatron, or is uh, he Optimus the, Prime. Ooh, no, no, no! He's not Optimus Prime. I believe he is. I believe he is Megatron. Megatron is 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 friend from Scooby Doo. Yeah, and, and he also, also also. I don't think he was the original Scooby, but he's been Scooby for decades as well. And he, uh, yeah, he, what? yeah, no, and and. He That's was like head. seventeen when he was like actually Fred Jones's age when they, when when it started. So he was like seventeen, and it was like fifty something years ago. So he still does that high pitched like teenage oh, Fred voice, and he's so old, and it really impresses me. Like 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 I'm su- uh, like he's he's dynamite. One of the le- one of the legendary voice actors. Okay, now I'm more, and now I'm really confused, but I'm gonna have to go check that out now. because yeah. the other one, the one who's become Scooby since him. Is Fred Tatasciore, who also is an old school actor, who does uh, he's been Hulk, our whole lives on cartoons, like for like here's 20, the, 30
0: years. Here's the greatest thing, and I can't talk about it the way I want to talk about it. Tim. Uh, <laughs> Tim, can you keep a can you keep an idea of, of where we're at in the timeline? Because you're gonna have to edit something.
1: <sighs> fine. Do
0: you want me to? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the guy who does the current Minnie, uh, Mickey Mouse, right? You know who that is? Yes. What is his catchphrase on Silicon Valley, Jared?
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, two,
0: that's two that's such Mickey Mouse. Huge, Mickey Mouse is the guy whose catchphrase is that. And and it's crazy.
1: And yeah, that's, no, it. that's absolutely true. Sorry, Tim. Right, we've been I, over that before on the show.
0: Have we? Yeah. Oh, whatever. I'm sorry that you have a databank uh, of all this information stored in your head. Frank, a good
2: Welker? Frank, Frank Welker is 72 years old. Okay, so and...
0: we didn't go over Frank Welker, the voice of Megatron, and Fred, have we? Not that I know of. That's a new one. And we didn't go over that Medea and Ernest are just two sides of the same coin. Did we, we really haven't. He's
2: exactly. been Fred Jones for forty-nine years, guys. Come on, this that's is prop, props. Props to Fred Jones. Like, like that's impressive. I want to, I, I want to do Fred this. Jones.
0: I want to shout out this episode to a, a good friend, Jesse. Um, this was mostly all Star Wars, and we only deviated <laughs> at the end.
2: We did go, we did go like pretty long focusing on Star Wars, and I feel like Jesse would appreciate it, since I think a lot of the meandering did come out of uh, discussion. Born from uh, wanting to make sure we do eventually watch Ernest Goes to Africa because he had requested – his most recent request was that that's all we cover, was that you and I uh, do an in-depth examination of Ernest Goes to Africa, Mark, while Tim desperately tries to steer the ship.
1: (laughs) You know, I mean, it would be very awkward, but I wouldn't mind. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so the plan is tomorrow. Good Morning America is gonna gonna do a Captain Marvel trailer. I'm sure we'll talk oh, about that. Oh, is that tomorrow? I believe so. Because they did announce. They didn't announce the trailer officially, but they did announce that uh, she will be uh, Brie Larson will be on.
0: Which means when I get to work tomorrow, it'll probably be on the internet.
2: Probably so. I think we'll, right. we'll, we'll probably talk about that next week. Hopefully, there'll be some Star Wars news, and we'll tentatively plan on talking a little bit about that, and mostly about Ernest goes to Africa because this is a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, hey, there's one thing. As a reminder, we are going to have a guest next week, so we need to keep oh, our okay. stuff together. Ernest goes to Tatooine.
2: Well, maybe <laughs> we'll push Ernest goes to Africa uh, topic a week, or maybe maybe our guest will be down. Well, I think I might have to pursue I that mean. <laughs> just, just destroy Tim's spirit
1: <laughs> no the thing is you're probably right and it probably would be amazing but...
0: you know it may be something that we need to address because uh, you know, I think our guest might have a lot in common with both Medea
2: and Ernest
1: <laughs> I think you're right
2: I think I am right all right! wow because of their commonality and their in their uh, viewership that we talked
0: because of their That's regional uh,
2: regional uh, you know
1: uh, everybody, it, likes, it,
0: everybody it. likes sweet
1: tea <laughs> anyways all right uh, well you know hopefully I will have this whole microphone being figured out by the time that we record next time because this has been uh, annoying um, <laughs> hopefully again I haven't listened yet hopefully it doesn't sound too bad but uh, we we'll be-
0: didn't say much it's fine.
1: Well, yeah, that's also true. I, I sacrificed myself so that you guys did not need to endure bad-sounding audio. Kalima. You're welcome. Yeah. Shaktine. Kalima will rule the world. Do I need to bleep that? No. <laughs> um. All right. Well, anyway, um, yeah, I hope everybody has a great day. And <laughs> we'll be back next week with a guest. And it'll be great. Bye, and Lee. Bye. See ya. (laughs) See ya. What the hell? (laughs)